This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. We've been on a series um, about the Holy Spirit, and uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit wants to help us and and, um, you know, reveal to us truth, you know, and he's our guide. He's our comf- comforter and um, the Holy Spirit's awesome. And so but we're in, the, in a series now where we're going into um, I call it the spirit, soul and body series and uh, where uh, we want to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. And and so. One of the ways that we can do that is we can build our spirit man up. I talked about this last Sunday. I started off uh, the service in, in rules on how to uh, build your spirit man up. Amen. And, you know, the Bible says that it's a strong spirit that will sustain a man in infirmity. Amen. So in, uh, what does that mean, Pastor? That means that whenever you're under attack from the enemy, from sickness, from whatever you're under attack, if you have a strong spirit, you're going to be able to come through that attack a lot quicker. Amen? Amen. See, a lot of times when we're under attack, or we're, what I mean by that is we get sick, that's when we get into the Bible. That's when we start to pray. That's when we come to church. Well, some of us now, some of now, I know most of you guys are coming to church anyway, because you guys are, you know, the elite. Amen. But there are some people that they won't pray until there's a problem. They won't get into the word until there's a problem. They won't they don't need church or need God until there's a problem. I'm going to say this. We need God all the time. And we need God in our equation all the time. We need Him 24-7, 365 days in the year. Amen. We need God all the time. Amen. And to think that we don't need God at times, you need God. Look at your name and say, you need God. Amen. Amen. But that was very enthusiastic. <laughs> Amen. So you need God. I'm looking at some of you, you coming in, and you guys need some more of God. Amen. I'm going to say this. Oh, you, you know, like one minister said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And faith in God can change many things in your life. So we're talking about developing your human spirit, developing your, your spiritual awareness. I like what the Bible says. The Bible actually says this, that you can train yourself to discern between good and evil. You know, some people don't know, some Christians don't know what's, what's even evil out here. And you can, you can train your senses to discern what's good and evil. Amen? Amen. Uh, praise God. And I want God, I want, I want my senses to be so honed and, and I want to be, uh, you know, so sensitive that I know when danger is around. I want to have the spidey senses. Anybody ever watch Spider-Man? And he, say, and he's, and he, he has a sense, part of his supernatural ability is a sense when danger is around. Amen? And so really, uh, we need to hone our, or we need to grow our spirits. We need to uh, build our spirit man up where we can sense between good and evil. Amen. And sometimes it's hard to tell at times. Amen. What's good and what's bad. Amen. For instance, somebody could be asking you for money, maybe a, a beggar on the street or somebody that's 
trying to get money from you. Now, you don't know if that person wants that money to go buy beer or go buy drugs or, and you have to know, you know, should you give them money? Is it for really for food? Is this helping anybody today? Or is the spirit of God leading you to do this? Just giving money indiscriminately to anybody, you know, say, well, God says we should just give, you know, you got to be led by the Holy Ghost because you could be enabling people's problems. You know, you can enable people and I don't want to enable people. I don't want to keep them in their issue. It might be good for somebody to go hungry for a day or two. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. It might be good for somebody to fast a a day or two. Amen? In other words, maybe they need to get God in their equation. See, a lot of people put their dependency on people, but you need to put your dependency on God. Amen. Some people, and they put all their dependency. The Bible says, put your trust in God. Amen. Amen? Because man will fail you. But God will never fail you. Amen. And you may say, well, you know, it seems like God's failing me these days. I'm not getting any answer to prayer. Hey, it's not over yet. Praise the Lord. You're still alive. Glory to God. Amen. So we're talking about building our spirit man up. And the number one key, and I'm talking about rules, or you can say rules of building your spirit man up. I talked about last week is to meditate on the word of God. And meditating on the word is, is taking the word and, and taking the promises of God and speaking them over and over until they become a reality into our lives. You know, it's more than just memorizing the Bible. It's more than just having some, mem- some scriptures memorized. It's taking the word of God until the Holy Spirit reveals greater truth. And really, you can have a lot of Bible memorized. I'm getting into my second part here, my second key. But, but if you're not doing it, then what's the use of memorizing it? Okay. All right, let me get back to my... So let's get back to meditating on the Word of God. We need to meditate on the Word of God. And really, I believe when you meditate on the Word of God, it will make you successful. Last week I talked about I don't like to lose. I like to win. And, and I know everybody in here wants to win. Amen? Amen? And so really, if you want to be, how many people want to be a success in here? You didn't wake up to be a flat failure, did you? <laughs> and, uh, and so we, we all want to be a success. And so meditating on the Word of God will bring sense. God wants you to be successful. I'm glad I got some amens in here. God wants you to be successful in your marriage, at your job, in your relationships. He wants you to be successful in your finances. God wants you to be a success. In Joshua 1.8, it says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Notice that. The book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You will have good success. So it says here, as you meditate on the word of God, uh, one, one translation says that you'll be able to deal wisely in the affairs, in the affairs of life. So as you meditate on the Word of God, if you're dealing with financial problems, start meditating in the book of Proverbs. 
One of the wealthiest men in the world of that time, the Bill Gates of that time, was King Solomon. And he wrote most of the Proverbs and had a, has a lot of common sense on how to deal with your finances. Amen. And as you as you meditate on this word, it can help you come out of financial problems. Some of you think you need a miracle for your financial problem. I just need God. I just need him. If God just can get just drop down some money for me and just take care of my bill for this month, you're going to need another miracle next month. Amen. What you need is to walk in the blessing of God Amen. and to walk in the blessing of God. You got to walk in the wisdom of God. And if you lack wisdom, wisdom, you're just going to have to go from miracle to miracle. And how do you get wisdom? Through the word of God. Amen. The word of God will give you wisdom. Amen. So, but what we want to do is we want to pray it into existence. But you need to get the word. Yes, you can pray, but you need to have some word in you for it to be activated into your situation. Amen. So here he, he, he says to Joshua, uh, he said, do not let the, the law or the word of God depart out of your mouth. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Think about it so that you will do it and you will be successful. Glory to God. In Psalms 1, 2 and 3, he says, delight yourself in the law of the Lord. In other words, delight yourself in the word of God. And meditate on it day and night, and you'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season, and your leaf does not wither, and whatever you do, you prosper. I like that. Glory to God. In other words, you meditate on the Word of God, you'll become like a strong tree, and the roots are deep into the ground. And I'm telling you, when the storms of life come, and I'm telling you, in these trees, these trees, they may sway a little bit. But they stay intact because they got a, they have a strong root system. Amen. Palm trees are like that. They have a strong root system and, and they may sway and back and forth. I'm looking at palm trees this morning. Somebody say I'm a palm tree. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, and, uh, and so you, you, the storms of life may come against you, but you just you, you may you're, you're a weeble wobble, but you won't fall down. Because you've been meditating on the Word of God, and the Word of God, and, you, and, you, and, and the more you meditate, the more the roots of your belief system will grow stronger and stronger into the soil of God's Word. And when the enemy comes, you just sway a little bit, but you'll keep standing. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. Some of you are swaying this morning, but you're going to continue to stand because the Bible says that God can, can cause one to stand and bring one down. Amen. And God is able to keep you standing in the trial. Amen. Do you believe that today? Yes. He, he, he has the power to keep you standing. Amen. I like what it says in 3 John 1 and 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I like what John was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this. And he says, uh, he says, it, beloved, I wish above all things, above all things, that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul. Pro that, that's telling me financial prosperity and, and, and a healthy body. That tells me lifestyle. Because you could be sick and have all the money in the world and can't do anything with it. Amen. Amen. You could be the most healthiest person to have no, not a dime in your pocket, and you can't do much either. 
So we need to have both, don't we? We need to have some finances. Why? So why? So we can build the kingdom of God up. Amen? Amen. So we can have something to give to somebody else so that we can be a blessing. Glory to God. Amen. God blesses us to be a blessing. Yes. So, so John said, I wish above all things. But the, the key to this is that as your soul prospers, your soul is going to, the only way your soul is going to prosper is by prospering it in the word of God. By meditating on the Word of God. That's how your soul starts to prosper. Amen? And as you meditate on the Word of God, your soul will prosper. Glory to God. You know, in John 15, 7, it says this, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So you know what that says to me? There's not a no in God. There's all, only a yes. Some preachers tell you that God would say yes, no, or maybe. No, my Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. amen. So God's promises are yes, not a maybe. Amen. And so it says here, if you abide in me, how do you abide in him? Well, two ways. You abide in his love. And you abide in his word. Amen. I like what it says in Job 22, 28. It says, you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you. And, and the light will shine on your ways. I'm going to read that again. Job 22, 28. You will also decree a thing and it will be established and light will shine on your ways. In other words, as we meditate on the word of God and we decree the word of God, light will shine in those dark areas. Is this helping somebody today? Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, you're going to eat the fruit of your words. And I, 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 I'm prosperous, glory to God. I'm going higher in God. Hallelujah. And in Matthew... Uh, twelve thirty six. Jesus puts this this way. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Amen. So so every idle word is an idle word means an unproductive word. In other words, we need to learn to speak the right words and close our mouth on the wrong words. Amen. Button our lip. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, Revelation twelve eleven. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. So, how do we overcome? We overcome this world system. We overcome, you know, the devil. We overcome even our flesh tendencies by what? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. This I'm talking about meditating on the word of God this morning. Now, I'm going to go into the second key, and that's practicing the word of God. We need to practice the word of God. In James 1, 22 and 25, you can turn there. I, I know I'm moving pretty quick this morning. James 1, 22 and 25. James uh, is the half-brother of Jesus, and he's um, talking to each one of us. It's one of the epistles. And he says, in, in James 1, 22, it says this, Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he had immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. 
but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Okay, so what, what James is saying here, he's saying that we need not just be hearers of the word, we need to put the word in practice and be doers of the word. And he's saying that people that don't obey the word, they delude themselves. In other words, uh, they deceive themselves. In other words, if, if we're not being obedient to God's word, we, we, we walk in self-deception. Is this helping anybody today? And so as we, as we, as we meditate, I'm going to say this is the key. The, the first part of this in building your spirit man up, if you meditate on the word long enough, it's going to be hard for you not to do the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you meditate on the word, it's going to become an automatic. It's going to be something that you're going to be drawn to do. Amen. So, so it's not hard to do the word if you're meditating, if you're taking the first key, the, f- the first rule in meditating on the word of God. Amen. And so as we do this, um, we'll become what God has called us to be. Amen. All that he's called us to be just like Jesus. So, so some might be thinking, well, well, basically, pastor, what you're saying to me is that if I'm a doer of the word, that means keeping the Ten Commandments. And I haven't killed anybody lately, you know, and I'm trying to keep the Ten Commandments. You know, Jesus put it in a little higher level because, you know, the Pharisees kept the Ten Commandments on the outside. But on the inside, you know, they had heart issues. And, you know, Jesus said, you know, if you just think about, you know, somebody and you lust after them in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So Jesus brought it to a, a more deeper level, more than just doing something on the out, outward. It's, it's our, even our own thoughts can condemn us. Our own thoughts can convict us. Our own thoughts can be wrong. Amen? And so, we, we, so it's more than just keep, keeping Ten Commandments. What it is is actually, this is what we need to do as Christians. We need to love God and love people. Let's say that. Love God. Love people. Love God. Love people. Amen. And uh, love thyself. Glory to God. In Matthew 22, Jesus said it this way. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And so we do gotta, we do have to have a healthy um, uh, opinion about ourselves. Amen. In other words, God did not create junk. You're one of a kind. You're a masterpiece in progress. You believe that today? And so, so you have to have a healthy uh, opinion about yourself. Amen? And, and the Bible says to think highly, but not too highly of yourselves. Amen? And so, so what do we need to do? We need to learn to practice walking in love towards God. How is that done, you may ask? How do you walk in love towards God? Well, you might be thinking off the top of your head, obey His commandments. Yes, that's one of them, but how do you do that? Well, really, the key to walking in love towards God is lo- walking in love towards others. Okay? When you walk in love towards others, you're actually walking in love towards God. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's read Matthew 25. 34 through 37. Now, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. He may be putting up the New King James Bible up there. I guess I should have. I think we have all those Bibles up there. Amen. And um, 
But it says here in Matthew 25, Jesus is speaking. He says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something or drink? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king answered and said to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, you've done it to the least of them you did unto me. So what is that saying? Well, Jesus is saying that the people that's coming into the kingdom of God and what was interesting about the people that were saved, they they were doing acts of kindness without realizing that they were doing it as unto the Lord. They said, when did we see you sick? When did we see you in prison? And what it was that the, the love of God that shed abroad in our when, when it will compel us to do good things for people. Don't ever shut down doing good things for people. Amen? Amen. It will compel us to visit people in the hospital. It will compel us to visit people in prison. It will compel us. The love of God will compel us. And they weren't even aware of of what they were doing. And And Jesus said, what they've done to the least, they've done unto him. So what we do, so how do we practice walking in this love? Amen. We start walking in love towards our brothers and sisters. We, we walk in love towards the, uh, the ungodly people of this world. Amen. And so we practice in love. How do we practice in love walking with those that, that hurt us? That's probably the most difficult thing to do. Amen. Amen. When people do us wrong. Yes. How do we do that? You've got to put this in practice. Don't be like Clint Eastwood and say, uh, make my day, you know. Don't, don't be like one person that said, I don't get mad, I get even. Don't, don't be like that, amen? No, God will even up the scoreboard. Amen. The Bible says vengeance is God's. Yes. And, and allow God to work on the situation. But we have a tendency to put the situation in our own hands. Don't we? Okay. Maybe it's just some of you. Amen. And we have a tendency and we, we just want to just take care of it ourselves because we're big enough to do it ourselves. Amen. But, you know, you know, the Bible actually says it's the meek, not the weak. The meek shall inherit the earth. What is meek? Being meek. Meekness is not weakness. It's strength under control. In other words, you have the ability to do something and to even hurt the person that's coming against you, do a tick for tat. But you know, that's not what God's calling us to do. Look at Romans 12. It says here, bless those who persecute you. Romans 12, 14 through 21. He says here, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Amen. So it says here, bless those who persecute you. Bless. Is Paul being serious? So he's saying, bless those who persecute you. How do you do that? Well, well, Stephen was able to do that when he was getting stoned. Now, I'm not talking about getting drunk. I'm not talking about partying down with the boys. I'm talking about they were throwing stones at Stephen. 
He was the first martyr of the church. And he was preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was doing it in boldness. And he, and he, man, his testimony was speaking glory to God. And he loved, and he did not love his life even to the death. In other words, he loved God more than his own personal life. And as they were hurling stones at him, you know what he did? He said, Lord, hold not this sin against them. What was he doing? He was blessing them in the process of them killing him. Think about that. If Stephen could do that, we can do that. When people are trying to kill us with their words, when people are trying to talk about us, and we find out, man, they've been talking about us. They've been talking about us, man. It makes you want to go thump them. Have you ever heard? Have you? Come on. Have you ever been talked about? Man, you know what they've been t- saying about you? Yeah. They're just jealous. People that talk about you are jealous of you. Amen. They just wish that they had what you had. That's the reason why they talk about you. Amen. And so it says here, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, I I gave this story before. Uh, I was in Bible school. And of course, we're majoring in faith. And and of course, I study a lot of faith. And and um, and this says here that you rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And this one lady said, you know, her friend just passed away and. Uh, and she was really downtrodden. And it says, weep with those who weep. And I, and I just said, basically, suck it up. He's in heaven. You know, don't worry about it. And uh, you know, after I walked away, God was saying, that wasn't what you needed to do. <laughs> I'm learning to be a good pastor, you know. <laughs> just suck it up, man. You know, they died, but they're in heaven. You know, don't worry about it. And, but that wasn't practicing this, weep with those who weep. And I thought I did something good. I walked away like, fuck my faith and not my feeling. Amen. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm still growing in my faith. Glory to God. And, but the Lord said it, it just felt like something wasn't right after I walked away. Amen. And this lady had a scowl on her face. To be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Notice that. Never pay back evil to evil for anyone. Respect what, you know, I got to, I got to do that. You know, me, I, I have problems when I drive. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? If they got the high beams on at night and they're behind me, it really irritates me. and makes me want to slam on my brakes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that high beams hitting your, your, your mirror. Has anybody ever been there or are you the high beamers? You're just trying to get the person to move a little quicker, right? You flick the, the high beam on, move it or lose it, baby. Right? Are you the high beamers? Sometimes. Amen. I think, they, I think people put their high beams on to get you moving quicker or get it out of your way. Is that what they do? Or, or they tailgate you. Amen. And so anyway... Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. 
For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So what is he saying? If a family member is treating you bad, make him some food with some arsenic in it. (laughs) No. (laughs) Do something nice for him. Amen? He said, Pastor, you, you got to be kidding. That, that, that person, that scoundrel. <laughs> you want me to do something nice with that scoundrel? Yes, do something nice. You're practicing the Word of God. Amen? Amen? You know, Philippians 4.6, you know, another way we can practice the Word of God is looking at some of the epistles and what, and what has been admonished to us to do. And in Philippians 4.6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving, let your uh, requests be made known to God. And this is, this is dealing with prayer. And a lot of times when we're dealing with prayer, we, a lot of times when we're praying, we have a problem. And so a lot of times we have a problem in our prayer. And, and, and what, we're, what we're dealing with is anxiety about the problem. You ever deal with anxiety about your issues? Amen. And so he's saying here, he's saying, be anxious for nothing. Uh, it actually says in Philippians in the New Living Translation, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, of, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for, for what he has done. Amen. So this is something that that was inspired by the Apostle Paul to write. And, and so we have the ability to not worry Okay, thank you for that amen. Pastor, if I didn't worry, then that, that means I'm not concerned. If, I don't, if I'm not concerned, that means I don't care. Now, that doesn't mean you don't care. It means that you, you're, put, you're trusting God over the circumstance or the situation. Have you ever tried to help somebody out and they had a problem and you wanted to do something for them, but they said, I'm, you know, they're believing God and, 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 and you know they need the help, but they won't receive it? And then they're, they're, they say they're trusting God. Well, that could be a form of pride. Because God is sending them help, possibly through you, to help them. And we need to always, when somebody wants to do something for us, we need to freely receive. Amen? Unless there's an alternative motive, unless they're giving you an, or a string attached to what they're trying to do. Amen. And so it, 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 this is a, this. Listen, anybody deal with worry out here? Well, we got one faithful hand here. One or two. Uh, I want to help you this morning in dealing with worry because Jesus said for us not to worry about anything. Amen. And, and number one key in helping you deal with worry this morning is, is that we need, need to trust God. And you may say, well, that's easily said than done. And that is. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says this way. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So we need to learn to trust God. I remember there's times in my life where I was dealing with issues and I would take that this is part of meditating on the word. I would read this over and over again and then I would make proclamations that I'm trusting God. I would say, I trust you, God. 
And then, that, then I look at that situation and it looks bad. And I say, and then I'll go turn back to God and look at the scripture about trusting him with all your heart. And then I'll look at that, read that over. I'll trust you, Lord, with all my heart. I trust you, Lord. And then I look back at the problem and oh, <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> I tr- Anybody ever like that? Ah, I'm frustrated. I anxiety. I trust you, right? Well, you got to get over here. Where I really trust you. I look at it. You need to push that thing away and start saying, "I trust in the Lord." Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Now you have to make a proclamation, decree a thing, and it will be established. And you need to start decreeing some things in your life. If you don't like what you have, you need to change what you're saying. If you don't like the, the, the present day that you're dealing with, you need to check up on what you said yesterday. Because the Israelites were saying things like, when they were in the wilderness, God's going to kill us in this wilderness. It's bad in this wilderness. We should go back to Egypt where they had onions and leeks and all that. Whatever a leek is. But what... Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And they were complaining and griping. And finally God said, whatever they say out of their mouth, so let it be. Listen, there's a miracle or a curse in your mouth. Amen. And so here, he's, he's saying, here we need to learn to trust God. Uh, you, know, you know, yesterday I was, you know, we, we worked on a yard yesterday. I was feeling a little tired. And you know, you know when you feel tired, don't you want to say, I just feel tired. Anybody ever do that? Man, I just feel beat. I feel beat down. Anybody ever say that? You know, I was saying that and I felt the Lord check me. And then, then the next thing I thought about, I'm strong in the Lord. You know, I'm like, I feel beat. I'm tired. Oh, my back, you know. I'm strong in the Lord in the power of his might. I feel beat. I'm strong in the Lord. You know, it starts off small. I'm strong in the Lord, you know. And pretty soon, I'm strong in the Lord. I feel beat. I'm strong in the Lord in the power of his might. And you, you start making some faith proclamations. And I'm telling you, man, whoo, man. Glory to God, I ended up working on my own yard yesterday. Washing my car. Glory to God. And working on the sermon. Hallelujah. Doing my laundry. Glory to God. I'm a good husband. Hallelujah. (laughs) So what am I saying? I'm saying cares and worries will try to come in. And we need to check up on what we're saying. See, listen. Man. Elijah was a man that would come into town and this Shunammite lady would make a place for Elijah, a a little prophet's room. And and he would come in and she said, stay at my house. Here's a little prophet's room. And he would come in every, you know, every so often to minister in that town. And finally, he said, is there anything you want from from God? Because, you know, she was blessing the man of God. I would say this. you, You start walking. And trying to and, and start walking and, and doing and, and helping people and trying to be a blessing for God. God's going to ask you one day, what do you want? Amen. And Elijah said, what do you want? And, and she said, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then uh, Elijah's servant found out she had no child. And he said, oh, that's it. He said, that's it. You, by this time next year, you will have a son. And she said, please don't deceive me. You will have a son. And you know what? The following year, she had her son. It was her 
it was what she was really believing. In other words, God will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm telling you, God, you may not feel like you have the desires right now, but God is working it out and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. And then and then this is the interesting story about the Shunammite lady is, is that when it, uh, it was like 12 years later, the boy was 12 years old. He had pain in his head one day and it was and it was he was I don't know what it was, but he died. And, uh, and the Shudamite woman, you know, uh, I believe died in the Shudamite woman's arms. And so he just, she just said, you know, get the, uh, get the horse, get the buggy, get, get, get the mule. We're going to go see the man of God. And then, and, and the husband says, is everything, is everything well? And she says, everything is well. Just get, get it. I want to see the man of God. He said, well, it's not time to see the man of God. It's not the full moon. It's not the time that we normally see the man of God. She said, no, everything's well. I need to see the man of God. So they, so they, 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 they got the, uh, the carriage. They put the boy, I guess she, she must have put the boy's body in the, uh, I know the boy's body was still there. She went in the carriage and went as fast as she could to, to the, the prophet. And when she saw, the prophet saw her from a distance, he sent his, his servant Gehazi to go see what she wanted. And he, he, he said, is everything well with your husband? Everything's well. Is everything well with you? Everything's well. And then, and he said, then, then uh, I got to see the man of God. So she just came finally to the man of God, dropped on him and said, what, you know, you said you would not deceive me. And the man of God said to Gehazi, his servant, take this staff and lay it on the boy. And and uh, and she said, I will not leave you until, you know, I won't leave you until this situation is fixed. She kept saying the whole time, everything is well. And she kept holding on to the promise of God. Finally, Elijah, you know, went, you know, into the boy's room and, and raised him up from the dead and gave him back to his mother. See, she did not fall into, oh, man, uh, he died. She didn't even go into that. She didn't even talk about the problem. See, she didn't focus on the problem. A lot of times when we're worrying, we're more focused on the problem than the promises of God. We're talking more about our issues and, and, the, and the mountains. We don't need to be talking about our mountains. We need to speak to our mountains. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we need to be speaking to our mountains. And she, she just kept saying, it is well, it is well. And we need to find out what are we saying when, when we're going through the process of the hard time. Glory to God. We, we need to learn to cast our cares on the Lord. Amen. It, it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. You know, we need to learn to cast our cares on the Lord. We need, we need to make a proclamation. Lord, I'm casting my cares on you. I'm not taking this care. I'm giving it to you, Lord. And you know, Peter, it's interesting. Peter revealed to us what it's like to cast your cares on the Lord. Because, you know, uh, James was one of the apostles that was killed by King Herod. And, uh, and it pleased the people when King Herod killed James with a sword. And so King Herod was able to put Peter in prison. And he was planning on killing Peter. And Peter was in prison that night. And the Bible said that the, the saints were praying for Peter. And Peter was in that cell, you know, that night, 
the next day wait, waiting for execution. How many, and it, what happened was that, that God sent an angel, and that angel had, the Bible actually said, had to smoke Peter to wake him up. Had to, had to jerk him out of, a, out of a deep sleep. How many people would be deep, deep sleeping when you knew you were probably going to have your head cut off the next day? You'd be praying all night. Oh, God. God, get me out of here. But Peter, man, he was demonstrating that he had no care. He just went to sleep. And the, and the angel had to wake him up, had to smote him. That, get up, Peter. Get your shoes on. Oh, he was all groggy and everything like that. How many people are attacked in their sleep at night because they're worrying? How many people can't sleep at night because they're, God will give you peaceful sleep when you cast your cares on him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we need to learn to cast our cares on him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you receiving this today? The, the last key, I got to finish this key up, is that if you want to maintain a carefree life, especially in your prayer life, you're going to, when you pray, you have to believe that you already have what you prayed for. You can't keep praying over and over again, God, get me out of this problem. Get me out of this problem. Get, it doesn't work like that. In other words, God has already positionally got you out of the problem. He's already working it out. And it says in Mark eleven twenty three, truly I tell you, Mark eleven twenty three and 24, truly I tell you, this is Jesus, whoever says to the mountain, be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and does not doubt his heart, but believes what he says uh, will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it's granted to you, and you will get it. Can I read that again? For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and it will be given to you. This is out of the Amplified Classic Edition. That it will be given to you. Well, you got to be confident what you're praying God for, that he is making it happen. And when you get to that place, then it doesn't matter what it looks like. When you get into that peace zone, when you get uh, aggressive peace in your life, then the devil has no handles to push you around, to get you trying to say all kinds of things to curse your blessing. Because we curse our own selves by the words that we say out of our mouths. And we need to learn to button our lips. We need to learn to to wait upon the Lord. Amen. Why we're waiting upon the promise. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I think the Bible talks about, you know, be still and know that I am God. You know, when Peter, listen, they, when the saints were praying for Peter to get out of jail, they thought it, they, it was an impossible situation. And because the saints were here, they were hiding out in some place and they were hiding out and they were shocked when Peter knocked on the door. If you study this out in Acts 12, they were like, you know, the little girl answers that Peter's at the door. He said, it must be his ghost. <laughs> and then what's amazing about this story is God didn't need a natural means to set Peter free. God used a supernatural mean, an angel. And see, I'm going to say this to you today. Maybe you're believing for your kids. Maybe you're believing for a financial breakthrough. God can send angels. 
God can do the supernatural. God can do something mighty in your life. He doesn't have to go the natural realm. He can go the supernatural realm. But you got to believe it. If he did it for Peter, why can't he do it for you? Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We need to just believe. One person was praying at night and God said, if I could just find some people that would just believe me. And we just need to believe God in the midst of a perverse generation, in the midst of an unbelievable world, in the midst of all these lies being broadcast day in and day out. I'm telling you, we need to learn to believe the truth of God's word over the circumstances in our lives. And as we meditate on that word and we start practicing that word, we're going to see the power of God work in our lives. We're going to see the fruition of what we're believing God for. You believe that today, saints? Glory to God. This church is going higher in God. I'm telling you, glory to God. Just get ready, get ready, get ready. High five, TJ, or TD, TJ, TD, TD Jakes. Get get ready for your blessing. Amen. Start believing God. I'm telling you, when I got my faith in the now... And I was believing God for a wife for 15 years. And then it just took me six months and yin came about. I put my faith in. I said, thank you, Lord. I'm already married by faith. I already got my good thing. And I put it in the now. And I just started thanking God that was already a done deal. And within six months, I was married. Praise God. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church. <laughs> This is how God operates. He calls those things that be not as though they were. He calls into existence what's not as though it is. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. We praise you and we thank you, Father God. Oh, that we're growing in you, that we're building our faith man up. And we thank you, Father God, that you have nothing but good things in store for each one of us. And Father, the first thing that you have in store for us is salvation. And perhaps you're here today. uh, Maybe you've never received Christ. Maybe you're watching online and you've never made a proclamation of your faith. And, And that's the key. To coming out of a bad life into a, a better life. That's the key of coming out of darkness into God's light. And if you're ready to make a decision for Christ today, pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today. As my Lord and Savior, thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.